What's up, y'all? This is Black Girl Emo Night. We're back for episode two. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, so I'm excited to be back. I'm Gabby. I'm Kyla. So um, we were just going to talk this week about Emo Night LA had made like a web show called Racism in Punk and the Alternative Scene. And it's a conversation led by Black Voices. And so it was led by Courtney. Well, Courtney Coles was a moderator. Do you know anything about her? I never had heard about her, but she seems like a photographer, I guess. Yeah, I never heard about her beforehand either. And like, just like hearing her talk about stuff, but also like hearing that photography is her thing. I'm like really interested in like booking her stuff now because like that was always my dream too. I always wanted to like, I love photography. So like you know, photographing, like, bands and concerts and stuff was always my dream. And I'm like, how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, she just seems like a person who really just, like, did what she could and then just, like, made her way up. And I'm like, damn, I could do that. <laughs> I mean, maybe not now because it's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, literally, like, it really, like, resonated with me when she was talking about how she used to feel like she didn't have a space and like that she was taking up too much space and then I was like yeah I remember that and then now I'm just like um give me the space you know like not only do I deserve to be here I like feel like I kind of earned my way into this yeah. room, you know yeah for sure I feel that way too it's like you know they always like want to push us out or you know make us feel like we don't belong and I'm like I have fought mm-hmm. way too hard. I have done way too much just to, like, exist in this space. Like, mm-hmm. I deserve to be here just as much as you do. So, right. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Something that somebody said. So, it was it was Jason from Fever333. Mm-hmm. Hanif, he's a writer. Sky from Issues. And then, yeah, Aaron from Emo Night. And Jordan is from Heart Like War. Which is kind of... I've only heard of Sky and Jason, but yeah. I'm really glad that they were on because they had so many interesting things to say, like all of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I also like the or fact them. that, like, you know, they had Jason and Sky. you know, they're kind of like the front line, you know, they are the musicians. But I also like that they kind of have the back line people, you know, like the critic and, you know, um, Aaron, you know, I think it was kind of cool to just kind of get all of like the perspectives from like the scene, not just like the musician's perspective. Right. Um, and like Aaron had said, he said being black is the most punk thing ever. Yes, was- I felt that in my bones when he Wait. said that. <laughs> I like, yes, I'm so punk rock, dude. <laughs> yes. And like how Jordan was bringing up about he's seen some punk forums that were kind of like silencing conversations mm-hmm. um, about race and what is going on right now. And the typical, like, straw hat kind of argument is, oh, why are you making it about race all the time? But it's not we're making it about race. It's that's what's happening and that's who we are. Like, how do you not want us to see that and how we're treated? 
Right. But also my thing, I hate when people are like, why do you always have to make it about race? It's like, do you not realize that it literally is about race? And -hmm. it's like, it's not us who made it about race. It's you that made it about race by being fucking racist. Like, (laughs) I wish I didn't have to. Right. But no, when Jordan was talking about like all the forums that were like silencing stuff, all I could think of, that's not very punk rock of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, yeah, because it's just like whenever I think of like punk, like at its very root, it's politically charged music. And like, how can you not talk about issues that are going on in the black community? Right. It seems like you want to talk about all other like, you know, political topics or just like, you know, human topics in general. But like, you don't want to talk about racism. Like, that's a little Mm -hmm. funky. Right. But yeah, um, I liked how they started it off by just kind of talking about how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, oftentimes, like, when you are a fan of band members, you, like, personally for me, I always kind of want to, I try not to follow too many people on, like, celebrities on Instagram, but I do like keeping, like, tabs on how band members are doing, especially mm-hmm. band members of color. And um, so I really appreciated that um, how Jason was saying, like, he's been feeling he felt a lot of like that emotional labor when he was getting all the text messages from white friends and stuff, because mm-hmm. definitely seeing him like it was great um, to have like that support and care. But it's also like, OK, I'm going to take a step back for a second and just kind of process this on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, I didn't. Honestly, like, I didn't have anyone reach out to me, really. Um, mm-hmm. Like, my white friends. I And I, I don't think it's because, you know, they just weren't thinking about it. I think it's just all of my friends were very close. And we've had this conversation so many times. And, like, we've been here so many times. So it's like, I know mm-hmm. that they love and support me. I know that they support Black Lives Matter. I know that they're here for us and they're out here, you know, so... You know, I, I, I feel like I'm kind of lucky that I didn't, you know, wasn't bombarded with messages. But at the same time, you know, I, I didn't really need to be because on Facebook, you know, I saw my friends, you know, being out there for us and posting all they could and educating other people as well. And, you know, having those uncomfortable conversations. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, you're doing your thing. Like, I don't need a text message. You don't need to check on me. I'm fine. I'm watching you. And I'm proud of you. But. But yeah, no, I definitely, I understand what he was saying at the same time, too, is because, you know, even just being on social media and seeing everything and seeing people debating and talking and fighting or just posting about it and being supportive, like, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there there was definitely a point there. I think there was like a day or two, um, I saw this really heartbreaking video on Facebook. And it was, I think it was like a couple days after the murder of George Floyd. And I was, you know, I showed the video to my sister And we just kind of sat in my bed and, like, cried. And we were just like, this is a lot. And we both just decided, like, we're just going to take a day off. Like, we're just going to watch movies. We're going to chill. Like, we just need to be away from everything going on right now. So Mm -hmm. I I get that, just needing to step back and process and then try to, like, think about what we can do. Mm -hmm. I never actually watched the video. I was just, like, too... Oh, I, I never watched the video of him being murdered. I never have been able to watch those videos just because they're so heartbreaking um I'll try to find the video and link it to you because like my heart um but it was like this video that um 
a photographer, like videographer made about, you know, all the destruction in Minneapolis. And like he, the audio was a Martin Luther King speech and it was talking Mm -hmm. about how like riots are the language of the unheard. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, thank you. And it just like so emotionally charged and just like so beautiful at the same time that I was just sitting there like crying (laughs) like a baby. It's like, hell Mm -hmm. yeah. But like, ow. Mm -hmm. yeah it it was definitely I had that visceral experience when because like whenever something like like this happens I tend to kind of get emotionally numb and just I I don't know if it's like a defense mechanism or like some traumatic like trauma thing but yeah I was just like driving to work um uh like the day or two after uh, I was listening to the radio and the radio station I listened to, the host, he's Black, and he was talking about how exhausting it is. And mm-hmm. I just, like, parked my car and just started crying because I was like, yeah, like, it's crazy how exhausting it is mentally that I was just, like, numb to it. And then it just kind of all hit me at once. And then I just processed it, which, like, was good. But at the same time, it's like, I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. No, a lot of people brought up the fact it's, like, you know, the world, not even just Black people. It's just, like, the entire world. Like, we've just become so used to seeing Black people being murdered on camera. Like, that's crazy to me. And I never really thought about that until, you know, this time around. Like, people bringing it up. And I was like, you know what? Like, you're completely right. Like, we as a society, like, we have gotten way too comfortable, you know? Like... Or even just used to seeing black people being murdered on camera and just no justice happening. And then, you know, the protests and the riots happening and then everyone just like being pissed again. And I'm just like, why? Like what? You know, like obviously like we can dig deeper and be like, this is exactly what happened to cause this. But at the same time, I sit here and think I'm like, what is going on? Like what happened? Like why is this such a norm now? And that's, like, one of the reasons why, you know, I never watch the videos is, one, because I don't, like, I just, I can't do it. But it's also just, like, this shouldn't be what I'm seeing on my news or, like, on my Facebook or, I mean, you know, my social media. I should not be seeing videos of black people being murdered, period. So it's just, I, I don't get it. And it's just, it's so heartbreaking. But, like, also, I can't even imagine, like, how the families feel, like, there's just a video of your family member, like, husband, son, you know, daughter, like, etc. Like, there's just a video out there in the universe now of them being murdered. No peace. Yeah. And unfortunately, this system is working exactly how it was supposed to. Yeah. Because we're just seeing black bodies being disposed of, pretty much. And it's just so repetitive that... It's desensitizing America. Oh, yeah. It, sh- it shouldn't be happening. Like, I, you know, I can scream that from the rooftops or, you know, to the universe until I'm dead. But this shouldn't be happening. And it's almost scary how, you know, people are just so used to it or just, like, so fine with it. Yeah. And, like, I even, like, specifically this year and, you know, with all the George Floyd stuff, like, I have started to see people younger and younger, you know, acting like that and you know making jokes about it like there was a tiktok thing for a while of this white dad and he was 
a fairly, you know, average sized man. And he was literally leaning on or like kneeling on like his young kids, like probably like five, six years old, like small child's neck. And was just like, look, he's fine. He's fine. Like, there's no reason that like George Floyd should have died. Like, it's all a conspiracy, like blah, blah, bullshit. I'm like, you're not. Yeah. But see, the thing is, like, your knee might be on his neck, but you're not trying to kill your son. So, obviously, your son is fine. Like, he's not going to die. You know, the officer that killed George Floyd, he was trying to do that. He was trying to inflict pain. He was trying to kill him. You know, it's a completely different situation. So, you making a video about kneeling on your small child's neck, of course he's not going to fucking die. Because that's not your intention. But also, it's just like, your poor child that just, like... Like, how would you, like, bring that up to your child? Like, hey, kid... Can I just, like, kneel on your neck for a video real quick just to be an asshole? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times um, racist people will try to kind of, like, prove a point by, like, kind of offset. Like, okay, you're trying to prove a point about George Floyd, whatever. But, like, at the same time, you're putting something that you, someone that you care about in a situation that's uncomfortable just to prove a point to like black America. Like, I don't right. understand. And like, as a response to those videos, I saw, unfortunately, like I saw black people doing it too. And I remember seeing this video of this black guy and his son, and he was kneeling on his son's neck. And he's like, I'm going to teach you right now how not to die. And like, he was just saying, like, you just need to really like let your body go limp and try to take as many breaths as you can, like very carefully. And like, essentially coaching him through like if this ever happens to you like this is what you need to do to try your best to survive and I'm like you know obviously like as black people I'm sure you've had I mean maybe you've had that conversation where your parents are like hey you got to be extra careful around cops and this is how you have to act and this is how you have to do or you know what you have to do you know in order to not be one of those videos or not be one of those people and it's just like the fact that black parents are now having to like you know teach their children like really up close and personal like here's how you don't die like that's insane to me and like white people never have to experience that like other than these stupid people making videos to try and prove a bullshit point like your parents are never gonna kneel on your neck or put you in a very uncomfortable position where you could die and they're not gonna sit here and tell me like here's how you don't die like you're never gonna have to have that and so it's just so sad that even like, as young as, like, five, six-year-old black kids are having to be taught over and over again, like, here's how you don't die. Here's what you have to do in order to not get shot. Like, that's terrible. Yeah, the juxtaposition between how black families are showing that and how white families are showing that, it's just, like, so real. Yeah. Yeah, how Sky, he brought up that, what was her name, Amy Cooper woman? Mm-hmm. Weaponizing her whiteness. Yeah, which also I watched that video and she's like sitting there calling the police and her dog is like literally being hanged on the leash. Yeah, okay, yeah, I did watch that video too and I was like, everyone, I was like, are we just gonna ignore that she's literally strangling the shit out of her dog right now? <laughs> like, like, lady, I mean, watch- I know the, I mean, like, I know the dog is fine, but like, are we just gonna completely ignore that instead of just putting her dog on the leash? to be a stupid bitch like you're just gonna strangle your dog I just (laughs) I don't get it 
The thing that like really got to me in that video when she was like, I'm going to call the police and tell them that there's an African-American man threatening my life. And it's like, so you know exactly what the fuck you're doing. Right. And just like the tone of her voice, just it sent chills up my spine. Because, yeah, exactly. Like, you know exactly what you're doing, but just like the evil in her voice. Like, what the fuck? It's it's so scary because, like, you know, just like Sky was saying, he's like, there's people who can weaponize our whiteness. And, like, you know, not only are, you know, black people being put in these awful, awful positions, but it's, like, because, you know, people have been so de- desensitized to things and just not caring that they're bad people. Like, the society has now taught them, like, hey, here's how you screw up someone's life. Like, literally, all you have to do is be white and, like, say that, you know, say anything. And, like, you'll automatically win or you'll automatically, like, ruin their life. And I'm like, what? So they were talking about the response to the Black Lives Matter movement this time. Mm -hmm. And talking about, like, the uh, Hanif has said, the reopening to America as it was, but more eager. So Mm -hmm. as in this situation has been an ongoing situation. But due to the current times people are more well seemingly more interested in standing up against um systemic racism and mm-hmm. sky had said that he believes that that's because of the internet because we're all inside all the time now and also because white people care yeah i was just gonna say i was either even said just because white people care now and like, I'm glad white people care, and I'm glad that, I'll, you know, a larger group of white people are really standing with us. But at the same time, you know, like I said last episode, it's so frustrating to see black people. We've been out here fighting this for years and years and years. And it's just like, just because a bigger group of white people started caring now, it's finally like something to pay attention to. So it's like, although I appreciate all the help and, you know, them caring, it's just, I can't help but be frustrated at the same time because it's like, we've been doing this for for years we've been doing all this work right and you know that is why for me this feels so like visceral mm-hmm. in the difference of reaction because like this is always how I've felt and this is how I've always seen this issue like this is not okay but yeah it's very it's just a very strong feeling to see now people like starting to make changes and like yeah it's it's exciting on one hand but then in the other hand is yeah it's frustrating that literally our own movements are not being taken care of or being cared for until white communities start to show that care yeah and like I agree with Skylar also because of the internet you know a lot more people are on the internet now and again like since we've been stuck inside you know people have nothing else to do but be on the internet so I love that the internet has been such a good place it's becoming more of a community thing and people are using the internet to do good and use it to our advantage especially to you know fight causes like this you know like i'm so grateful for the internet but at the same time like this place sucks yeah jason he said whiteness risking he was talking about how whiteness risking its own privilege mm-hmm to like have these conversations and how they were talking about how emo night was kind of like risking their platform or like how people perceive their platform to talk about this issues, these issues, which kind of made me feel 
Because I remember they were saying, like, they were thanking Emo Knight for risking their necks, which, like, felt kind of weird to me. <laughs> because it's like, I don't want to thank, I don't want to thank white people for letting me talk about Black issues. But at the same time, I totally, I totally get why they feel like, like they had to do that because corporate America is racist. So mm-hmm. Emo and I could very well like lose their platform for whatever reason for doing that. So I understand, but it's also just a very strange feeling of being like, "Hey, thank you for giving me the space to talk about my life or death situation being a black person." You know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's been, you know, a frequent thing throughout everything. It's just like, you know, having to thank white people for, you know, uplifting our voices finally and giving us platforms to talk about this stuff and, you know, whatever else. It's like, again, like, I'm very grateful for those people, but at the same time, it's just so fucked up when you think about it that I have to thank white people for being able to finally be heard about my life and the struggles that we go through like that's that's just it's weird but you know again like same like what you said like i understand you know the position that emo night is in and like what they are risking and that's just like a whole nother thing like it's screwed up you know i think we talked about this last time too it's just like people shouldn't feel ashamed to speak out against you know police brutality and just like racism and murder and just stuff like this like people shouldn't have to be scared to do that and shouldn't be scared to lose their jobs or lose their platform or whatever you know it's unfortunate for them and it's also unfortunate for us so it's just which i think broken which i think is a huge step to normalizing justice is that we all just are like wait no like we're not gonna feel ashamed or any type of negative way about supporting equality or equity and then mm-hmm. like ev- anyone who doesn't that's that's the you know wrong group of people you know so if we just like normalize being like supportive of our communities that would make a huge difference in the way that people react to it I think but we have to do that first yeah <laughs> which I There's think a lot of work yeah like it is definitely going in the right direction but yeah there's still a lot of that like even just certain language that's being used like oh I'm not like how I talked about um somebody a band member was saying I'm not I'm not ashamed to speak out which like I totally understand that they mean well by that but it still kind of gives a negative connotation Mm -hmm. to like be caring about black lives yeah it's like I you know, I've seen that a lot. It shouldn't be a taboo thing to care about human lives. It shouldn't be something to be ashamed about. And yeah, and you know, again, like I know that they mean well, but at the same time, it's like I feel like a lot of people don't think, you know, you're kind of just adding to like the negative idea that like this is a bad thing, you know, to care about or to speak out about. And it's like, no, like this isn't a bad thing. Like, we're humans. Like, you should care. (laughs) Right. And I guess it just comes to, like, okay, what do we do? How do we fix that? Like, how do we Mm -hmm. make people see in that perspective that, like, this is something we should all be doing collectively? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think 
that is happening. It's just happening very slow now because people are still thinking like, oh, like this is a bad thing. Like I gotta like keep it on the low that like I care about black people. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like I see people trying and I see people wanting to do that, but I also see a lot of people that are stuck in situations where they can't be as open about it or, you know, they can't be with us a hundred percent, you know, because of, you know, their job or their family, you know, it's like, and I get it. And it just sucks that even with our allies, there's just so much holding us back. Right. Because people or pieces in that system are still working against that progress. Yeah. Which is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, I love to see it, but, you know. I think I think another thing, too, is, like, a lot of the white people now, I don't think they realize how hard of work this is. And so it's, like, interesting to see people, like, wow, like, this is crazy. Like, this is so awful. I'm like, I've been telling you this since, like, 2015, even mm-hmm. before then. So it's, like, I think a lot of people are kind of, like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, I know, but here you are. Yeah, and I've been seeing a lot of, unfortunately, kind of like, I don't know if I would say it's performative, but a lot of white protesters that I see, um, I feel like they kind of have the vibe of like, oh, this is something fun and trendy to do, which like, mm-hmm. it's not like protesting like I do it but I don't want to like it's not something that makes me feel like empowered it just feels like okay here's another day I'm like fighting for my fucking rights as a black person in America yeah I'm gonna be having to do this this isn't fun right no I agree like you know like yeah like I saw you know me and my sister talked a lot about this and she's she's 17 but she's very into everything and she pays attention and I'm like I'm sad that she has to like I'm sad that this is her life and this is what she's growing up with but at the same time I'm so proud that like she is still so young and she is still so aware of what's going on um but no like she was showing me all these videos of like these TikTok stars and YouTubers and just like Instagram influencers literally going to protests all dressed up and like doing a photo shoot and then just leaving Mm -hmm. and like there was this one guy I think he was like a TikTok person. I don't know. I don't care about him. He's a little white boy. But he literally went to a protest and had the cops arrest him as a joke and like got a bunch of pictures of being arrested and then just like left and went home. Like nothing happened. And I'm like, I'm so tired of <laughs> seeing all of this happening and all these black people and our allies, you know, white people, a bunch of different like different races like fighting for this and protesting and doing what they can and literally risking their lives even at the protest because police don't know how to act still (laughs) and they're here fighting for this and then there's just these little white influencers they're like it's so trendy like i'm gonna be here to take a picture and like just go what is wrong with you and again it just goes back to thinking like what's wrong with you what's wrong with your parents like why do you think this is okay but yeah i mean Mm -hmm. it's just mostly frustrating because it's like we need more people on our side. We don't need more people using Black Lives Matter and protests as, like, a trendy thing or for posts or for likes. Like, get out of here. Like, we already have enough people against us. Like, we don't need you. And it's also insensitive. It's like, again, like, these people are out here at these protests risking their life, risking their safety, you know, risking being arrested. And, like, because they're trying to fight for human rights and what's right. And you're just over here just taking pictures for Instagram 
Social media is a great thing in which we can use information to be spread very rapidly to support whatever's going on at the time. But then it also kind of creates monsters um, that just want to use a time and a place as like promotion or whatever, like little self indulgent thing that's online. So yeah, definitely two sided sword. Yeah. And it's, it's also frustrating too, because it's just, I see all these people, all even just like celebrities, you know, musicians, actors, like whatever else, like doing similar stuff, you know, posting the black square for no reason. They don't even care. They just posted a black square you know, went to these protests and did little photo shoots. I'm pretty sure, like, they still have a bunch of followers and they're still making a bunch of money doing their little influencer stuff. And it's just, like, how gross. Like, stop making stupid people popular. Because, like, they just, they don't need to be. And it's just, it's toxic. It's gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's just, it's also upsetting in that sense, too, because you know, they have more of a voice than us. And, like, although you, you know, you could be a good person and you could be chilling here actually protesting and helping us, but no, you're just, you're here for you and that's it. You're only thinking about yourself. And you're, yeah, like, you're really lucky that you're white and you don't have to worry about losing your life, you know, if you get pulled over one night or if you're just walking down the street and a cop happens to, like, pull up on you. Like, you're so lucky you don't have to do that. Like, I'm gl- like, you're so lucky that you get to go to a protest and take a picture for a couple minutes and then go home. The amount of privilege that is so, like, prevalent and it's mm-hmm. just not even seen is yeah. crazy. Yeah. But also, like, with those people, it's like, they just, no one's, no one in their life, not, like, friends, family, not even, like, their followers, like, none of them are going to help hold, like, hold them accountable for the bullshit. They're just going to be, like oh, it's fine, like, we still support you, okay, bye. Like, no. Like, hold them accountable for being bad people. What did you write? What did you have written down? Um, I think it was Aaron who said it, but he was talking about how, you know, being black is, like, okay. And how being black in this scene is okay. And for white people, you know, white people always like, oh, yeah, like, my black friend. Or, like, they make the token black friend jokes and... You know, oh, I don't even see you as black. Like, you're, like, one of us. Um, and actually, I think it was Jordan who said it. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I um, but, yeah, it's just, like, I, you know, I've been through that many, many times. And, like, sometimes it still even happens. And it's just, like, you know, I need, you know, me and, like, a bunch of other people, you know, people of color. Like, we need to look inside ourselves and be like, hey, being black and being in this scene is it's okay like being black is okay but also like to my white friends like me being black is okay like I don't need to be like oh you're not even black or like you're like us like no 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 me being black is okay like and if you're my friend and if you're someone who supports and loves me you should be more than okay with me being black and being like this and you know it just it made me think it's like white people you know, feel the need to make us less black in order to accept us into, you know, their groups and stuff. And I just, I think that's crazy. Like, you don't need to be more black for us to accept you into our group. So it's like, why do we need to be less black in order to be accepted? You know, it's just like, I feel like we, as black people, are allowed to be black and enjoy, 
you know, what all these white people wrongly think is, like, theirs. Like, <laughs> yep. and I think that also just, like, ties in with just, like, you know, like, the wrong education that, um, I believe Jason was talking about it, where, like, not even just, like, in history and just about slavery and racism in general, like, even in music, like, there is just such a big lack of education. And, you know, that's why, that's exactly why all these white people think that, rock music punk music alternative music is like theirs and like that's their stuff it's like mm, no like it didn't start out like that like the roots of this music are not white and like so it is really frustrating that you know a lot of people either in school or just by their peers aren't being educated properly about what this music is and where it came from um you know but also just like you know, schooling in general, like, there was so many things this year that I learned about that I never learned about in school, like, the, the Tulsa massacre, didn't know about that literally until this year, like, I, I'm 25 years old, and I went through 12 years of school for what, to learn literally nothing, and so, and there was, like, other things that I learned, too, you know, like, about how systemic racism works, didn't, I didn't know anything about that, like, I, I suck as a black person. I didn't know any of this. Um, Powerful. So it's just really frustrating because, like, schools are not meant to actually teach you anything. But also at the same time, like, I feel like it's so screwed up that, like, you know, we have to go and research this for ourselves or possibly just never even know about it. And I just think that's so disgusting that, you know, pe like, all these white people are talking about, like, these riots and all the destruction. I'm like, y'all literally threw a hissy fit and destroyed an entire, like, part of town and killed so many more people. And, you know, like, again, like, with the KKK stuff, like, we're, we're just not going to talk about that. We're just, we're going to ignore the white people in hoods. It's just, yeah. it's so crazy to me. So it's just, it's really sad to see, one, it's sad to see myself and other black people, like being so uneducated about even their own history and you know just like what what else happened to black people and even a lot of stuff with martin luther king i learned this year that i didn't even know because they don't teach that to you i'm hoping that going forward people can start being educated more and like if school's not going to do it then you know educate your friends educate your family about what actually you know is true and we need to just, like, stop letting people believe. Like, oh, yeah, slavery was, like, this and this. And it was, like, fine. Like, they were, like, tortured. But, like, it was fine because, like, they were freed. Like, no. <laughs> no. That's not the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, are we just going to ignore all of that? Like, oh, you think it was just, like, black people getting shipped over, picking cotton, and then eventually being freed? Like, no, sweetie. No. Our there was, it's, it's was way more complex. Yeah, like, it's just way more complex than that. So it's like, you know, hey, school's going to tell you this, or, you know, so-and-so's going to tell you this, but it's not true. <laughs> yeah, um, Jason's quote was, we didn't learn about Black kings and queens. We learned about slavery, and we didn't even learn it right. We had to go and self-educate. Exactly. So real. Yeah. Literally. Like, and he brought up, like, epigenetics and, like, blood trauma. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm just now starting to learn about any of that. You know, Same. and it's crazy that um, we have to go and research our own history and our own lineage. And it's mm. just insane. But it's like white people, they know every single thing about their culture. I mean, other than like the racist stuff that like, you know, they hit, 
you know, like there, I feel like there's a lot that white people didn't learn about their culture and like whatever else, because it was being hidden from black people. And, you know, you got to save the fragility of the white people. (laughs) Um, But it's just so weird. But like, other than that, like you ask any white person about anything in history that has to do with white people, they know everything. Because they didn't teach us properly. And yeah, it's like, you know, there are those, you know, few people that either had better teachers that were like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to bullshit this. Like, this is actually what happened. Or, you know, the people who did really just go and look at it for themselves and research Mm -hmm. what they could. Or even just like their family members telling them more. It's Right. And Jason was talking about how he had a teacher that Mm -hmm. like the real information but then he ended up getting fired because he was doing what the system didn't want because they right. don't want to know well yeah and i think the main thing is like why they didn't want to educate us properly is because if we're educated i think jason said this too like when we're educated we're powerful powerful yeah. like the more we know the more powerful we are and so you're trying to keep us stupid or you know keep us in the dark about certain things that you don't want us to know mm-hmm. because you want us to you know essentially be submissive and like sorry like that's not gonna work anymore right which kind of segues into yeah and you kind of brought it up like what Hanif was talking about how music is even taught wrong Mm -hmm. and how he was saying like it doesn't mean anything when you consider like what has to be stripped from black people to be like accepted in a room without what that's like predominantly white it doesn't matter if we're there because we're still being stripped of like what we created. Like white people are white industries are profiting off of our work still to this day. Yeah. And yeah, Jason of- was talking about his dad and how like his dad got screwed over because he didn't know enough that like he was not getting what he deserved. And that still happens. And it's just, it's so unfortunate and like you know i like how um skylar and jason were talking about like connecting with each other and helping each other because like Mm -hmm. the white people in the industry they're not going to help you they're not here for you they're here to make money off of you and yeah Mm -hmm. like hanif was talking about um you know how music comes from black people and then like white people like oh i like that like i'm gonna go do my own thing on that and then they get popular and it becomes mainstream and it's just like that mm-hmm. wasn't yours to start off with, but now people only know it as yours. Right. And, like, I think Jason kept saying, like, Elvising. Elvis and I'm thing. like, that is so true. Like, <laughs> everyone's just like, oh, my God, Elvis is so amazing. He's, like, the king of music. And I'm like, no, but all right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, it is frustrating. Cause, like, you know, the music industry just, and even just the economy in general, like, you are benefiting off of black people and you are not even giving any of us half of what we deserve so they were talking about you know how there's like jay-z and beyonce and you know like other like very popular like black musicians but it's just like even then they're they've probably they probably would have made a lot more money you know i i refuse to believe that they weren't screwed over multiple times if not are still being screwed over by you know the music industry Mm-hmm. yeah and like Jason talking about like he he put it really well when he was talking about how 
they gave us like what we wanted on the front end, but they weren't letting us see like the back end stuff, like mm-hmm. the assets that we were building. And um, okay, you're getting you know the nice cars and the nice houses and blah blah blah, but like your family is still on welfare and things like that. Like it's just yeah, like you're missing this whole chunk of money and benefits and assets that like you are very well deserved, but like you're not getting because. Like, you just don't know any better. Right. But I think also with a lot of black people, when they deny, you know, deals and whatnot, and, you know, like, they're like, no, I'm not going to be screwed over. But within that, they are being screwed over because now they're missing out on anything. And if companies decide to be petty and, you know, destroy any chance of them going anywhere else, it's like, you know, by denying a bad deal could literally mean the rest of your career. Like, and that's, like, it's just so screwed up. Yeah, and even, like, how Jason was saying, like, when we have our own equity, when we have our, you know, own, ex- like, exchanges of commerce, commerce, like, essentially, make we are making that money, like, that real money for everybody, that even then, like, even when we have our own, they want to take it. Like, you were talking about the Tulsa bombings, like, because it's so ingrained that, we're not allowed to succeed. Like, they hate seeing that. They hate to see it, so they got to take it. Yeah. Even then, it's like, okay, we really have to win on a big, big scale so they can't take it. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, unreachable. Yeah. Yeah, like um, Sky said, the the people that have the power to change created the system. Mm -hmm. That's... That's the hard part is there's so many people, you know, the people who created the system, they they don't want to break the system. They don't want to change it because it's benefiting them. They're never uh, essentially like, you know, you have a hundred dollars, you know, that person has a hundred dollars and they have to give up two of those dollars in order to make things better. And they're like, no, I want my two dollars. Like, like they're never going to give that up no matter how little they have to give up in order just to make a little bit of change. They're not going to do that our generation and the generations after us, like they're going to be the people getting into the system, getting into what they can in order to change it and fix it. But it's still going to take a long time. It makes me comfortable just knowing that at some point, like it's going to happen in that. I think it was Jason who said that we are a minority in a subcultural scene. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. feel about that? Um, I agree, you know, just like, you know, mainstream music, pop music, hip hop music, country music, you know, those are the big mainstream types of music. And, you know, rock has always been, even from the start of rock, people, you know, parents are like, rock and roll is the music of the devil, you know, people always, you know, thought rock music was bad or, you know, we should, we shouldn't listen to rock music or like, if we do listen to rock music, like we have to be secret about it because it's, it's bad. Um, so rock has never, you know, as rock can be mainstream in a sense, but it will never be on the same level as everything else. And so, you know, with rock being, you know, the general, you know, group. And then, you know, when you dwindle down to like metal punk alternative, you know, it just, it gets even smaller. So, you know, and then also being people of color in that scene and in that group, you know, really, it's just, it's tiny, it's minuscule. So I, I totally agree with him. Like we are a tiny, tiny 
subculture in this also tiny culture. So, Mm -hmm. like, I totally get it. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, I want to say it's frustrating, but at the same time, it's like I'm kind of okay with it because, you know, I've, like, personally, like, I've been, I've been to a rap concert um, twice, actually. I've been to, I've seen NF, and I love him, and I love that he's, like, alternative and rap at the same time, but, you know, that crowd is so different from you know, any metal or rock show or alternative show that I've ever been to. It's so different. And I feel like even if I'm at, like, a big arena show with, you know, bands, I still feel like there is a sense of intimacy and, like, community within that, you know, area. Even And even me being, like, a person of color in that group. Like, even if I'm just with my friends or, you know, the people I'm standing around, there is still a sense of, like, community uh, I also have wrote, written down next to that. I said, still, we're still taken from with no recognition. Yeah. Kind of like how, who was it? I guess Jason and Hanif were both kind of talking about that. Like, like, we still have not gotten any kind of, like, I've never heard any kind of artist be like, hey. Like, the only artist I can really think of that's, given props to like black musicians is nirvana because they used to do they used to cover like lead belly songs Mm -hmm. and he was a black musician Mm -hmm. but other than that yeah it's it's hard because you know i feel like a lot of musicians again they're in this you know mindset that white people created this or you know white people made this happen so it's like I want to be upset with them, but at the same time, it's like, I can't blame them that they're uneducated about this stuff because, you know, it's possible that it isn't their fault. Um, So that's, that's another thing I'm hoping going forward that I'm hoping that musicians in the scene start educating themselves about what music really is and where it really came from instead of just assuming that it was made for them or, you know, made for people that are white, Mm -hmm. you know. Which I'm hoping we can kind of help with doing yeah yeah i agree i would like to like get more into talking about music history and stuff like Mm -hmm. that down the line and jason was talking about like do not be afraid to ask for what you deserve like this is ours you know like it's okay to say that i guess yeah oh they were talking about like solutions um on how to like kind of be recognized and and have that equality. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about like how Jason was saying, like, stop Elvising us. And like, where are you before someone like shows up dead on the street? You know, like, where are you? Like, why are you not showing up before that happens? Yeah. Because even when we're, you know, in crisis, things happening like this, we're still here either way. Mm-hmm. So like, how are you supporting the black community? And you're like, fellow black musicians and black artists without having there to be like death and destruction yeah no I agree there is a lot of people there you know they go through their day-to-day lives and they're just like yeah cool whatever and you know like you know on the back burner you know they are supporting the black community but then they really come to the forefront you know when someone's murdered or when something happens and it's like 
you know, I appreciate it, but at the same time, do better. Like, you should be supporting mm-hmm. the black community proudly and in the front lines all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it does get frustrating in that sense because it's like, again, you only want to show up when something bad happens. But it's like you're mm-hmm. not going to uplift black people and black voices and, you know, black stories until that happens. So... You know, I understand, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they're doing that. And it's like, again, I understand, like, you are doing work. And, like, I'm happy you're here. And I'm happy that you're finally seeing what's going on. But at the same time, like, I'm telling you right now, there's ways you can do better. And that's just not showing up when something happens. Just being here all the time. Because, like, Mm -hmm. I'm black all the time. You know, I don't have a choice. But, you know, as an ally, you can be here all the time. You can be supporting all the time. So, you know, it's like, you can do better and it's okay. You know, um, they were talking about, there's always room for growth and even, even with black people, you know, even us and even with our allies, there's always room for growth. There's always ways to be better and help supporting and help the cause better. And it's okay that, you know, you're not at a place, you know, like that right now. Like, it's okay to grow. It's okay to make mistakes it's okay to not realize that you know what you say or what you're posting might be harmful you know as long as you are open to criticism and open to you know listening to black voice and be like hey like that's not actually very helpful and fixing your actions and be like okay like I'm sorry like I won't do it again and then growing from that like that's amazing and that's all we can ask for like as long as you're willing to grow and fight with us this whole time then you know that's all I can ask for honestly Jason was saying, like, okay, if no one's going to, like, see this for what it is and, like, give us the recognition we deserve, like, we can just take our assets elsewhere and then they'll have to come to us, which I thought was a really interesting kind of concept because, like, yeah, like, there's a bunch of, you know, little indie venues around where I'm at and I'm sure probably around you Mm. and, um... I, I will see, like, the diversity there, but it's still, like, usually white-dominated spaces or, like, white-owned. And, like, it's really awesome to think about, like, a Black-owned venue. And weren't you talking about, isn't there a venue near you that is kind of diverse in that way? Uh, no, from my hometown. Um, there's a little, okay. like, bar cafe venue um, that's owned by trans people. And... Okay. um like, the person who books their shows and stuff, I believe he's a Native man. And they're, like, even just, like, the community that is there is just very diverse. So it's, like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, those are the kind of people that I want to support. Not saying that, you know, white-owned venues are bad, um, right. but it's just, it's nice to see, you know, you know, not the normal cis white people in, like, not necessarily in power, but just, you know, having these venues and having, you know, this you know, big things to see Mm -hmm. the minorities, you know, doing things for themselves. And, you know, like Jason was saying, like, we're just going to take our assets and go elsewhere. And, you know, like, again, like with him and Sky talking about like helping each other and doing stuff with each other and building each other up. And I'm like, yes, like that is what I'm here for. You know, I like to see it, you know, I think a lot of times, like also within the black community, there is a lot of times where, you know, black people are not as supportive to black people. And it's very frustrating. So I like seeing when black people are also supporting black people no matter what. Because, like, even Jason was saying, he's like, yeah, like, there was guys from back in the hood making fun of me for the way I dressed. And I'm like, yeah, like, there are so many times black people 
would make fun of me for you know how I dressed and like my skinny jeans and my band tees and like my hair and like whatever I mean I looked a whole mess like they should have judged me but like (laughs) you know like you know they didn't understand either and so it's like it, it wasn't only white people that were like like are you dressed like that so I like the thought of just black people standing together no matter what no matter what we look like no matter what we like and empowering each other and making sure that you know the industry or just white people in general are just groups against us are like hey like they're they're fine like they're building each other up like they're totally fine and then that's when people are going to be like oh hey like we should we should go over there like we should support them too and i'm like yeah you should <laughs> so i just can you imagine can you imagine rocking like that fried ass relaxer in 2020 yeah, <laughs> that's so funny because I was actually thinking about that when, like, a couple days ago, um, when I was a kid, I think I was like eight years old. Um, I had to have my head shaved because we got head lice from the daycare or whatever that we went to, and my hair is just so thick and so long at that point that my mom was like, "I can't do this. Like, we're just gonna have to chop it off." I'm like, "Okay," mm-hmm. and so like she chopped my hair off and after a couple months she let me relax my hair so that I could have you know my hair back again because it was just this messy ass fro (laughs) (laughs) and so like we relaxed my hair and I just like thought I was the shit I was like waving my hair around I was chilling and from that point on I think I was like mm, like nine ten years old when that happened and from that point on I relaxed my hair probably once a year until I think the last time I relaxed my hair I was like 16 17 and just my hair like it was not happy with me and it was a mess and of course on top of my relaxer like my hair is so curly that I still had to like flat iron my hair Mm -hmm. my hair was not happy and like because of relaxing my hair you know I really I screwed up my scalp like I fried my scalp I have like in that's why I shaved my head again you know back in March because I was struggling again you know I hadn't relaxed my hair in years and years and years but my scalp was still suffering from what I did and so I shaved my head again I was like I just I gotta go it's gotta go because I need to be able to get to my scalp and really care for it mm-hmm. and so like the other day I was like thinking about it I was like man like I'm kind of frustrated because like I miss having like my straight hair because it was just always the thing that I, it was always what I did I always straightened my hair and you know I thought about it because I wore a wig the other day and I was like man I do kind of just like miss my own hair and just like you know straightening my hair and doing whatever and I'm like no but yeah back to your original question no I could not imagine having that fried ass hair right now that was bad like I had like a little green strip in my bangs I had extensions I was looking a hot mess and I just like I look back at pictures and I'm like people really let me like walk outside and like go to school like this like I thought I was hot shit and I was not yo (laughs) we should post let's post pictures of our scene face on the on the black girl you want on Instagram Oh my god, I really will. I have, like, I don't delete any pictures off of Facebook, so they're all there. Like, there's a picture of me in, like, orange skinny jeans and, like, ugh. Oh my god, yes, I had, like, mustard yellow ones. They were horrific. Yeah, I had had bright orange, I had, like, green ones, and I had purple ones. And I just, like, thought I was so cute. I thought I was Haley Williams. I was like, this is Haley Williams vibes right now. 
there was I think it was a warp tour show. She was wearing a like maroon Ramon shirt and she had these skinny jeans and half was black and half was white. And I oh, always God. wanted that pair and I was like, I wanna be Haley. Oh, she's so cute. I love her so much. But yeah, like I the way I dressed, like there's this like specific picture of my scene phase that I show everybody because it's so funny. Um it's me in a tiara, like some fake ass plastic dollar store tiara that my sister had. And I just my hair and I, oh god, it was so bad. But yeah, I will totally like <laughs> I will post some pictures on the Instagram. Be like, hey everyone roast me. Cause ugh, <laughs> roast me. <laughs> yeah, do like a little glow up moment, like scene phase, emo phase, and like this is what I look like now. <laughs> my sister always makes fun of me too. She's like, Yeah, like I love how you had like a scene emo phase. And she's like, and you kind of just like became an adult never really left that and i'm like you're not wrong yeah i'm like i'm cool with it you know <laughs> and I, you know i've branched out a little but there's sometimes like i get dressed and i'm like wow i'm in 2008 again <laughs> <laughs> oh i did want to because i had so like hanif was talking about kind of like in the pit and like aggressiveness mm-hmm. and how like He's talking about like a room of black punks being angry like together openly. Yeah. And, which is like a really interesting experience that I would like to have. I agree. <laughs> like, right I would now. love to be in that moment. Yeah. And yeah, they were talking about too how um, you know, being in the pit and just like feeling that like in that moment where you feel so free and so authentic with yourself and just like you know so happy and Skyler was talking about he's like I've never had that and I thought about it too and I'm like I feel like I have had that but it's just been so brief that you know I can't really like pinpoint when it is when it has ever happened but also you know with me I'm so different with music like music literally consumes like my entire soul especially when I'm at concerts that like I'm not even paying attention to stuff like that like I am just existing in absolute like awe so I'm not even like, yep, like this is the moment where I was just like, hell yeah, I'm here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just so out of it. Um, but like, you know, I've been to so many shows. So I really do feel like at some point I have been there where I've just really been like, you know, this is it. This is where I am. I feel so, you know, good and comfortable here. Um, but, you know, like, it, but like, yeah, like Hanif was saying, just like all those black people in one room, just like just vibing together really like that sounds so wonderful and like i hope that at least one day i get to experience anything close to that it sounds like it sounds safe to me like Mm -hmm. it feels more safe because like when i'm in a pit like like if i'm at emo night and i'm in the pit like i like i enjoy myself but i still feel like i'm very aware of everything going on around me yeah, you know, you just you feel like you have to be extra careful because there are those people who are not concerned with your safety or really just don't care. And especially, you know, just being, you know, black women in the pit, like a lot of, you know, I've in my experience, you know, being a black woman in a pit, people really do not care about my safety at all. And, you know, and so like I've had to essentially like fend for myself, you know, there, there's this one concert I went to back in 2015 and it was Chiodo's Motionless and White, A Day to Remember and Bring the Horizon. And during Bring Me the Horizon, um, my ex-husband and I got separated 
and he like disappeared because the pit was just so crazy and so i was just like left all they're all by myself and there was these white guys around me and you know they were being rowdy and you know it's fine you know i'm used to being in the pit i'm used to that being a thing but at the same time it just i noticed how careless they also were about anybody around them but like specifically me and I'm like, it's cool. Like, I'll protect myself. Like, I'm fine. And then I actually ended up getting kicked in the head really hard by a crowd surfer. Uh-huh. And I lost my shoe. Like, it was <laughs> it was I awful. Like, I was all alone. And, you know, like, I mean, I was completely fine. You know, I was chilling. I was vibing. But at the same time, it you know, it was kind of an uneasy to be like, it's not that I feel unsafe, but I don't necessarily feel like, you know, cared for either. Mm-hmm. so it's just it's kind of frustrating but you know like i said you know people are just like well it's the pit like that's what you have to expect and it's like mm, no not necessarily like yes there's people who get you know rowdy and violent in the pit you know that is expected but at the same time like most of the time there is still kind of this you know mutual sense of like we have to protect people and you know a lot of times it's not really a thing mm-hmm. you know like with me you know there is another show back in 2010 Hollywood Undead it was playing and I hated Hollywood Undead I always did I was like I hate these people <laughs> but they played uh, they opened I'm for Avenged Sevenfold down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but yeah they like opened for Avenged Sevenfold and weird like got stuck in the middle of a circle pit and I was knocked oh. over and I was down for like a fat minute. Like, I mean, probably it was probably ended up being like 30 to 45 seconds. But like, that's a long time when you have humans running around and like punching each other. And so I was just like laying on the ground. And I had, I remember having my hand up and just being like, maybe someone will grab me because I can't really get up. I've literally tried getting up twice and I keep getting pushed down. Like, I'm just going to chill here with my hand up and like hope that someone grabs me and I remember it was the funniest thing I remember looking at you know the circle of people literally sitting there just watching me struggle on the ground and they're just like chilling they're not concerned and just out of nowhere this little like scrawny ginger kid just pushes through all these people and just grabs my hand and like yanks me and I'm like whoa (laughs) and I was like what just happened and I look at him and I'm like where did you even come from and I'm like thanks and then he just like starts running around with everyone else i'm like well that was cool but like (laughs) definitely shouldn't have taken that long for me to get up and at that point i'm like i think i was like 14 or 15 so like it it was just it was crazy and i was i just i thought it was so funny i'm like first of all i hate hollywood and death and then i almost die in their pit and then really like this superhuman little ginger just like comes out of nowhere it just yanks me (laughs) like it's great (laughs) but no like there's definitely been a lot of pits that i've been in that you know although again like there is that mutual like understanding like hey we protect people here you know i you know as a black woman i did not always feel protected or Mm -hmm. i didn't feel like people were very considerate of just my presence in general and so you know with that i was always prepared you know for anything to happen and i was always aware of my surroundings you know, making sure that the people around me, like, if something happens, like, are are you going to help me? If not, cool. Like, I'll do it myself. <laughs> but, no, I definitely get, you know, how being in the pit can be a weird and scary thing, but also can be so fun if it's done right. 
mm-hmm. and even um courtney was talking about it she's like i was in the pit one time and she's like i couldn't do it <laughs> i'm like especially as like someone who like is there to be a photographer i couldn't imagine like hauling my camera in there i'm like no. even if you're in a certain spot that's good like there is no promise that you are not gonna have a crowd surfer dropped on your head you're not gonna have a mosh pit open like literally right where you are you know there's just no promise that it's gonna be all like great <laughs> right yeah whenever i would shoot shows i would just stay on the barricade or like on the side because mm-hmm. i'm not letting my camera in the pit but yeah i like agree because i feel like most people's like I guess the consensus of moshing is usually pretty like freeing and like mm-hmm. like kind of just like a therapeutic experience. Yeah. Which like yeah, I never really had that. It's fun and whenever I would go to like emo night and the place I go, the Orpheum, the floors are like very slippery. And like I remember just like falling and immediately being picked back up, which was great. Mm-hmm. But also before, like in years past like past like before that like mm-hmm. no like I never really felt like I was being taken care of um or like really no like taken note of as a presence like I've had to like tell people to get the fuck out of my way you know like um, yeah but then like when you do that they think you're like an aggressive black woman yeah. it's just like no dude I'm just trying to assert my presence here because mm-hmm. I know none of you care Right, like, I remember I saw the story so far in November, like, two years ago, and I was just, you know, chilling. It was literally, I was not near, like, the pit or anything, and then out of nowhere, like, someone just, like, dropped onto my head, and, like, I, like, fell forward, and they, like, just, like, tumbled off of me, and then they just, like, this dude, he just tried to walk away from me, like, nothing happened, and I grabbed him, I was like, uh, excuse me. And right. he turned around, I was like, hello. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, because you're about to, like, pay for my fucking chiropractor. chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like, feel that. Um, I think it was Warp Tour of 2016. I was actually seeing issues. And there's this girl, and she kept crowd surfing, and everyone kept pushing her back because they were just so irritated. Like, literally every single, like, minute she was coming back up. And there is one point where she dropped down right in front of me and my friend Kayla. And she, I think, pretty sure she punched my friend Kayla in the arm and was, like, yelling at her and bitching at her for dropping her. And it's like, first of all, we didn't drop you. Second of all, like, we've all been pushing you back this entire time. Like, we told you to stop crowd surfing. Like, I understand crowd surfing can be fun. Obviously, I'm a big bitch. I've never done it. (laughs) But, like... I I understand that can be fun, but at the same time, it's, like, it's frustrating that, like, people are so incapable of being considerate that, like, you, like, once or twice, cool. Three times, you're pushing it. If you do it any more than that, like, come on. Like, no one wants you here. And so it's just, like, it was frustrating that she didn't realize that, like, people were not going to bring her to the front like she wanted. And then it's, like, it's not our fault that you got dropped, and just, like, for the fact that, like, she took it on my friend who literally had nothing to do with it, I was just, like, ready to, like, deck this girl right in the middle of this pit. Like, don't mess with my friend. Don't yell at my friend. Don't touch my friend. And, you know, like, my friend was really frustrated. And I'm, like, I, you know, I totally understand why you're frustrated. She shouldn't have done that. And it was just, like, so funny. I'm, like, really? Like, you're mad that you're crowd surfing and you got dropped. Like, when you crowd surf, I think that's just an overall, like, 
understanding that like you're gonna risk being dropped like there is no pit etiquette here yeah there's like I like think back on experiences that shows where I feel like like the white girls around me were just like I don't know like I try not to have this like people don't want me here because I'm brown mindset but like sometimes it's difficult because I don't see people acting the way they do to other like I get my hair pulled way too often at shows I agree it's happening yeah and I just yeah I just want to know if that's like happening to other people or if it's just me or I don't know it's happened to me quite a bit and you know like and it's like weird too because like you can tell when it's an accident and you know like it's kind of like whatever brush it off but like there's other times where like I've had my hair pulled and I know that it wasn't an accident yeah yeah or like even just like pushed a little bit harder than normal it's just like I know that wasn't an accident Mm -hmm. yeah which Oh, that was kind of, like, what I was going to say before. Like, um, just sometimes I'm wondering the aggression that is seen and felt at shows and, like, in pits and stuff. Like, how much of that is, like, channel being channeled into, like, some type of, like, like, what kind of aggression is that, really? Like, are you just being aggressive because you're at a show? Or is there something rooted in that? Like, what is that? You know. Right, or like, are you being a little extra aggressive with me for some reason? Yeah, like, yeah. like I totally get what you mean. And there, and like I said, like there's been times, you know, where you can tell when, you know, when you know the aggression is like in the pit, and you're just like having a good time, and when it's just really unnecessary aggression towards people, like that girl who got dropped, like, mm-hmm. and, and and my friend was white, like, but still, you know, there's just some people who I, you know, I don't think. They just, it's like, I don't think that they understand that they're being a little extra aggressive for no reason. Or, you know, when it does come to like being a black person, you know, there's definitely been times where I'm like, you were being a little extra aggressive with me and you really didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just like, why? Like, right. if you're going to be like that, don't come to a show. But... Really? And it's like, okay, like, I really don't like to be that person that's always like, oh, they're doing this to me because they're racist. But like, Mm -hmm. sometimes I just cannot, like, there's no other reason. Like, I remember I went to a show and it was like on the lawn and I was sitting and I was with my ex-boyfriend and his sister. And this like girl like looked at me and she was like, can you scoot over because my boyfriend doesn't have room to sit now. And like, I was not the only person there, but I was the only brown person there. (laughs) So. Yeah, and then, like, I ju- I was just, like, no, there's, there's like, the whole fucking lawn. Like, no, I'm not going to move. Right. And then I, I guess she, like, I didn't hear, but, like, my my ex-boyfriend's sister said that she, like, said something about how I looked. Like, she called me ugly or something. And, like, it's, like, okay, why did, why do you feel like you had to say that? Like, right. I, sometimes it's just, like, okay, so, like, there was obviously a reason mm-hmm. for why you, like, picked me out of everybody else and said that, you know? I've definitely had people look at me or even, you know, talk under their breath towards me, you know, in the pit because I, I didn't let them and their friends through, you know, you know, those. And it's yeah. so funny because 90% of the time that this happens to me, it's small white girls. But, yeah. you know, like group of friends who just aggressively, like just insanely aggressively for no reason, just like pushes through the crowd, tries to get to the front. And normally, like when I'm chilling, I'm chilling and I'm not gonna let you take my spot I picked this spot for a damn reason and Mm -hmm. 
So it's like when people like that come up out of nowhere and just so inconsiderate and so stupid, like I never let them through. And like, like I said, I'm a big bitch. Like I can make sure that you don't get through. Like, sorry. <laughs> and I've had so many little white girls just give me the dirtiest looks or say shit in my face or, you know, think I can't hear them like saying shit under their breath to their friends. And it's like, no, I can hear you. I, I just don't care. <laughs> and I, you know, I've been clawed by little white girls. I've been like punched essentially. You know, I've been like, you know, I've had extra aggression directed at me because I didn't do what they wanted to. And I'm like, like, do other people just let you do this? Because, like, even if I wasn't black, I still wouldn't let you do this because you're just being stupid. But, like, I think a lot of times because I am a black person, they're just kind of like, you know, fuck that bitch. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm still not letting you through. And so, like, they'll divert their path and, like, go somewhere else. Yeah, and shows, I feel, are kind of, like, this weird environmental like vacuum in which societal roles and like standards and expectations are played out very Mm -hmm. physically and realistically like yeah it's very often where you just see like the white guys like just like kind of pummel through the crowd and then like you know like the brown kids are like kind of in the back not really associating with anybody yeah it's like yeah this is really real right now yeah it's also funny though too is because honestly I have had more issues with white girls in the pit than white men it's like funny to me just because like I am a woman like you would think that like you know the other females in the room like would be chilling but no I have had way way more issues with women in the pit than men you know because I think a lot of time like either like even if they are a douchebag like men just like try not to pay attention to you and you know try not to act like you exist and like I'm cool with that but also, you know, I've had a lot of men in the pit be very, like, gracious with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had a lot of men protect me also. Um, I have so... a question about that, which I will ask you in a few minutes. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, like, I've had, you know, men protect me. But then, you know, when it comes to women, I have had so many issues. Like, you know, I, I'll be in the pit and, like, I'll, you know, find my spot and I'll have you know, this group of girls move away from me. So it's like, I've definitely had more issues with white women than white men. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely, like, aggression from white girls and, like, white women is very real to me also. Like, I can definitely relate to that for some reason. Like, it's just... So I have, like, kind of written down about how, like, the the call was... The emo night call was, like, pretty much like there's only one woman on there you know she was the moderator so like I feel like um like that conversation was very like rich and important but I feel like they couldn't really speak to like the black and brown female experience like kind of how we're doing right now yeah so um I guess I was kind of like wondering if you had or if you felt comfortable about talking about any like experiences you had like specifically like as a woman maybe as a brown woman but like just like generally as a woman like in the music scene with if it has to do with like harassment from men or like any kind of like sexist situations like that oh yeah for sure like um you know and it hasn't happened as often um just because 90 percent of the time when i was going to shows i was with my ex-husband you know big six four scary man you know men didn't really come near me But, you know, other times I was going to shows with my best friend Chandler and, you know, she's a white woman. And, 
even at festivals, you know, when I'm not always with my husband or even sometimes when I was, you know, a lot of times people would make comments about me and my body or like I definitely I've been groped in pits before people thinking that I don't notice. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely noticed that you just grabbed me, but we're not going to talk about that. Like there was the one time where someone was holding on to my ass and I thought it was my husband. So I didn't say anything. And then realized that he like he was not even like both of his hands were somewhere else. And I was like, um, sir. And like, I just I told my husband, I was like, we have to move. And I didn't tell him until after we were away from that person, because I'm like, I'm not trying to get you in a fight right now and get kicked out Mm -hmm. of here. But also, um, you know, with those douchebag men, you know, that try to like overpower me, essentially, you know, for my spot or just push me out of the way. And just be like, oh, this is for the men. Like, this is a spot for the men. Like, I don't, shut up. (laughs) No, it's not. Um, But yeah, I've definitely experienced just, like, inappropriate things. You know, people have made comments about my boobs. There's this one show, um, some, I was wearing a white shirt and some dude poured water on my shirt. I think it was that Warped Tour. And yeah, I was wearing a white shirt and, like, threw water all over my shirt. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was I'm like, sorry. I'm comfy. I gotta go. <laughs> I'm like, so sorry. I was just imagining that happening to me, and like, what would yeah. entail? I mean, it was for sure I'm gross. Not. Yeah, it's 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 a gross feeling, but it's just also as a woman, you know, we're kind of, you know, I felt like I was always kind of like programmed to like just don't say anything right now, just walk away because just like I would rather just walk away and just deal with it than have an altercation with this man right here right now. Mm-hmm. Um and like probably the most like prevalent one was I was 13 years old and I literally I was in eighth grade and I went to a local show for like a fairly popular band but like I went to a local show and I had him sign my shirt and I I had this tank top that I used to bring to concerts all the time and I would have them sign it and he was the lead singer was signing my stomach and some drunk dude came over and he's like no you should sign her tits and like I was a very developed child, teenager, so, like, I did not look 13. But either way, you shouldn't have said that comment. And I was just, like, and even the lead singer was just, like, dude, like, no. Like, that's weird. And, like, I could see that he was uncomfortable. Like, he kind of did, like, the whole, like, uncomfortable laugh. And he's, like, no, dude, that's weird. And he's, like, no, like, right there. And was, like, pointing at my boobs. And I was, like, oh, my God, I'm so uncomfy. And it was just, like, weird. And it was, like, why? Like, being drunk is not an excuse. Why the fuck would you say that? But, like, especially, like, again, like, I can't blame him because he didn't know my age. But it's just, like, as in general, like, you shouldn't say that to anybody, no matter her age. So it was just, like, it's gross. So, like, also, not only just being black in the music scene, being a woman in the music scene is a very interesting thing. And, again, you know, kind of, like, even with being black, you're like, oh, who got you into this music? Like, you know, who did this? Also, being a woman, people think that, like, you know, your boyfriend or some dude got you into this music. Like, you can't ever just exist here by yourself. Like, you have to have, you know, someone else that did it for you. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've noticed that with being black and being a woman. And it's just, it's frustrating. Yeah. But, yeah. That That's pretty much, like, my experience to like, being a woman in the scene. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's gross. But, I mean, it it hasn't all been bad. I mean, I've been to so many concerts that, you know, I haven't had any issues. But there, there's been a few. Yep. 
Yeah, and just, like, um, also, like, just even outside of shows, like, just, like, the way that sometimes band members and, like, people in the music scene can interact with me personally is just, like, okay, do not ever talk to me again. <laughs> yeah, it, like, I've heard stories about stuff like that, too, and, like, you know, I hate to say it like this, but, like, Luckily, I haven't had any issues with band members being, like, inappropriate or weird or creepy with me. And, like, it just makes me so sad that other people have dealt with that, you know. Even, like, specifically this year, so many people being outed for having relationships with underage fans. It's just, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. So, it's, yeah. like, it's and so it's, unfortunate yeah. that that has happened to so many people. Yeah, and it's even weirder when you for me like when I see that and then I'm like oh I met that person when I was 14 years old and they were right or something literally. and I, I think mostly it's like a power thing yeah like oh everyone's like falling over me but like even then like pick fans that are your age like I mean you're still gonna be an asshole but like at least you won't be a pedophile <laughs> like Jesus <laughs> literally and like yeah we're we there's so much to ground to cover about this topic but there's just so much more we can be doing as a as a community to like hold people accountable yeah and to make sure that people in the scene you know like the fans are safe no matter their color or their sexuality or their mm-hmm. gender like mm-hmm. we need to be doing more to make sure that everyone is safe not just the cis white people or the cis white men or you know just whatever certain group they feel like protecting we to make sure everyone is safe because at the end of the day like you know this music is you know as much as like people want to fight it like this music is for everybody and even if you don't think that like we're still all here we're still all enjoying this we're here in this moment so it's just like why wouldn't you want to just make sure that we are all here and we are all safe so i remember they were talking about like mentors and like who they looked up to Mm -hmm. like in the in the community and like that was a really hard one for me like i couldn't like, as for, like, musicians of color, like, being, like, having somebody to look up to, like, growing up in this music scene, there's no one that I can think of, really. I agree. 100% I agree. Like, obviously, yeah. there's people of color in the scene that, like, you know, existed. And I was like, cool, like, I'm glad you exist and I enjoy your music. But it was never really, like, this, you know, feeling of just, like, oh, like, I look up to you, like, you're everything, like, I'm just like so excited to like know who you are and like blah blah this like it was never really you know a situation where it was like oh I idolize you it was just like hey you're a person of color you're in the scene that's super sick love your music I support you obviously but you know there was also a huge shortage of that you know like from the time I started listening to rock alternative metal music pretty much the only people of color were Anyway, the guy from Kill Switch Engage, the old singer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Howard. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was pretty much him and Seven Dust, and like that was it. Like, but as for like females, none. Still none. You know, or, I mean, there's there still is some, but not they're it. not really. They're not as popular. They're not, yeah, they're not as just, you know, out there as all the other people. And so, you know, yeah, when I was growing up, 
you know, finding all these people. I'm like, oh, like, cool, you're black. But it was never anything like, oh, my God, like, this is everything. You know, it was just kind of like, we're chilling. So, yeah, it, you know, I, I did find that really hard, too, because I was, like, sitting there trying to think. I'm like, you know, who, you know, who's, like, my mentor? Like, you know, someone I looked up to in the scene and, like, all white people. Like... And, in, like, I'm not saying that's bad, but it's also frustrating because, like, there was no representation for people like me. Or, you know, people like us. You know, we had those select few. But they were also men. And that's, you know, that's a whole other thing, too, is, like, if when there were people of color in the scene, they were all men. Mm-hmm. And, like, that also kind of makes me really think about how much that influenced me, like, as a person growing up. Like, not having, like, being so involved in this music industry, but, like, also not having that representation to, like, kind of aspire to or, like, have as a leader. And I really, like, wonder, like, what kind of difference that would have made on me if I did have that, you know? And that, and that's why I'm hoping that, like, another thing going forward with the scene, I'm hoping that more people of color, especially more women of color, start being recognized and noticed so that, you know, the generations after us will have, you know, those people to look up to, you know, have the people that we didn't. Mm -hmm. And especially, like, our generation, too. Like, we're the generation that kind of grew up when they started... I don't really know, like, how to word it, but, like, you know, like, I remember when the first Black Barbie came out and, like, Black Baby Dolls and, like, stuff like that or, you know, like, the Black Bratz doll... Like, it wasn't even black. They were just, like, slightly more tan. Um, You know, so it's just, like, I grew up, you know, seeing the first of, like, stuff like that. And then, you know, seeing TV shows like That's So Raven, you know, where they started actually using black people and, like, showing them out more. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, that's great representation. But even now, I'm like, there's still a long way to go with that, too. And especially in the music scene. Yeah, and even, like, with the Black Barbies, like, they weren't black, you know? They just, like, painted the, <laughs> the skin tone black. Like, there wasn't, like, black yeah. features. Like, Bratz dolls right. were pretty, like, those features were, I feel like, more, more like, ethnically centered, um, which was interesting. But, yeah, like, we didn't really, like, even when they were trying to be black, like, they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Hanif had said that like racist white punks um don't give don't give them your anger because he said they deserve rage but not our sustained anger Mm -hmm. i agree with that too it's just like i feel like if we you know i like i know we talk about you know being upset you know with certain situations which you know i feel like it's completely different situation because this is what we're here for this is why this podcast is a thing to talk about the bullshit but at the same time, you know, my mom always said, like, you know, don't don't give them that satisfaction. They want a reaction out of you. They want you to be mad. They want you to be hurt. So it's like, yeah, like, you know, kind of what he was saying, like, yeah, like, they deserve your rage, but they don't deserve, essentially, like, the reaction out of you, you know, because you're just going to give them what they want. You're just going to give them more power over you. Right, and it's not productive if it's just anger like there's Mm -hmm. you know we want to feel a conversation and we want to feel change yeah we don't necessarily want to just spread more anger because like yeah our anger is valid and it's it's real but we need to use it to like promote and just like encourage changes and conversations 
there's a part of me that does want to talk about specific people that have done specific things and like Mm -hmm. which I think will still be valuable but I don't necessarily just want it to be like anger I want it to be like constructive like how do we do better from here like just having that conversation and um, holding people accountable is different than just being angry yeah like this is what you did you screwed up like and this is what we can do better next time to avoid this exact situation kind of thing (laughs) yeah jason was like we're not as progressive as we claim to be which is yeah i feel like a lot of people in the scene like even just from this situation like the black lives matter movement posting our black squares and things like that which like is cool but where is the Okay, I'm not going to name drop, but a certain band posted a black square and they didn't post anything that had to do. It just said, like, hashtag the show must be paused. But then, like, where, why? Like, you just posted, you didn't post any resources to, like, Mm -hmm. uh, Black Lives Matter materials or, like, any, like, bail bond donating places or anything like that, which is, like, kind of, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, and I think that also ties back into, like, you only want to show up when something bad happens, not be there constantly. Like, you act like you're progressive because you post a black square, like, you post a story or two about it, but any other time, you're not here for us. Right, like, you're not actually doing the work, which needs to be done. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's it's frustrating, but also I think that's just, like, another issue with social media is, like, another, like, trendy thing. It's like, yeah. oh, it's trendy to post this black square and, like, pretend that I'm fucking woke, but, like, you're not. <laughs> like Yeah, like, like Sky had said, like, energy moves. So, like, mm-hmm. that's what this is. It's energy. And it's, it's going to move and it has been moving, which we all anticipated. Mm-hmm. So we just need to, like, make sure that energy is placed correctly. And I do really like my favorite thing was when Jason was talking about, like, the social contract. And, like, how he was, like, literally calling, calling everybody out, which was... I know. I love him. I just, I loved it, like, the passion and just, like, how heated he was, you know, in, like, the best way possible, because, like, he's not wrong. And, yeah, Yeah. like, you know, obviously, like, Black people, we can do better. We can do better for each other, and we can do better to help. You know, unfortunately, like, we can do better to help our allies help us. Like, we shouldn't have to, but, you know, that's just how how it works. But Mm -hmm. then, yeah, it's like, Black people can do better allies can do better we can all just do better as human beings to help other people just have the best lives that we possibly can in and outside of the scene mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah i love that he was just like i'm gonna call you all out and i'm like do it right. <laughs> <laughs> right and he was talking about how kind of like how you just said in and out of the scene like it was like oh fuck what's the word symbiotic relationship is that the word yeah 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 and like i think that also applies to like like, okay, you're being good to each other at shows, that's going to also carry on into, like, our everyday lives. So, like, if I feel like it kind of starts, it can start there. We just got to be really very um, adamant about accountability mm-hmm. from, from ourselves, from each other. Yeah, we have to hold ourselves accountable, but also, like, our peers and just you know, anybody in general. I think the only way that we can all grow together, but also grow as ourselves, is just holding ourselves and everyone else accountable and Mm -hmm. you know because like and it just like goes back into like the whole room to grow thing and like the growth like you can't grow you know if you're not being held accountable you can't grow if you're not learning 
And I feel like a lot of times, like, people just aren't willing to learn or, like, they're, you know, they don't have anyone to be like, hey, dude, what are you doing? You know, they don't have those people calling them out. So I think mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I think it's good to have people like that. I forgot. I have written down, like, defining punk, like, what punk is and what punk means. I feel like that is rooted in that, like, just being like, hey, let's make sure that we're doing everything we can do to like be a community that like supports each other and like holds each Mm -hmm. other accountable and just holds each other you know just like cares about each other and like we're just all aware of our privileges and how we can use those and just be better you know yeah yeah like there's you know you can't really expect change in the scene or just in life in general if you you know don't have room to grow or just to be better or you know helping you know your friends be better because it's like things aren't gonna get better unless we're all better Mm -hmm. and like I don't know like it sounds stupid but at the same time it's just like it is what it is especially like with us like just like I was really into the whole idea of just like supporting each other like I think Mm -hmm. Hanif and Aaron and Jason were just all talking about that um just like um being aware of who we are in this music scene like as people of color and like just supporting each other you know like seeing what we're doing I'm definitely gonna try to reach out to some of the people that were on this call because I think that you know like Hanif and Courtney were talking about like um taking photos of um people of color and like I was like holy shit like that's me like that's my thing you know like that's what I do yeah that's how I contribute to this space and um so I think that we all can just be very valuable resources to each other and just like help build that community and just like thrive within within it with each other but that's all I had written I don't know if you had anything else (laughs) um the only other thing I had was cancel culture because I know they talked about it briefly at the end and it really just kind of ties in with just holding each other accountable I think I think cancel culture is just really dumb I think instead of just instantly canceling people we need to hold them accountable and then if they refuse to learn from that or, you know, depending on the severity of, like, what is going on, then, you know, that decision can be made. But I feel like a lot of times cancel culture, like, people are not educated on the actual situation. People are just, like, acting on just pure emotion. And it's, I just don't feel like it's helpful. It's like you have to let people grow. Like, hold them accountable, you know, talk to them about it and then give them room to grow. And then at that point, if they're deciding not to, then, yeah, you can make that decision. Be like, no, fuck you. But I feel like a lot of times it is just very harmful and that you're not letting people learn from their mistakes or, you know, grow from anything. You know, like, we're all human. Like, we all fuck up. We've all said something. We've all done something that would have us, you know, quote unquote, canceled. But, you know, I just, you know, I think people kind of forgot about that and are just instantly like, nope, got to go. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't think that's necessarily fair all the time. And mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, just accountability, like hold your friends accountable, you know, um, hold yourself accountable. And if you truly are sorry and if you truly are willing to grow and like move on from that, then hell yeah, I will be here to support you. And it like, you know, like I said, it depends on the severity, because like if you're a pedophile, like, I don't know, dude, if you're a racist, I don't know. Like if you're a rapist, mm. like there's certain things I'm like, "Mm, no, you can definitely go by but you know like like there's other things you know and I like I think 
like I think it was Jason that was talking about. It. He's like, yeah, people have said things, and like, but I can't really blame them because it's like how you know society has like taught them is like that's fine. And, like, even me, like, I never called him out on it back then because, like, I thought it was funny because I thought this was just a thing that we did. So stuff like that is kind of, you know, a lot of people this year have been, like, um, like outed for saying the N-word or saying racist comments. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's definitely shitty. But I feel like in that situation, it's like we need to hold them accountable for it and give them room to grow and move on from their mistakes because, you know, like I said, there's certain times where like that was seen as like an okay thing to do. And it's like, I can't really blame them for doing something when all of society is like, Oh no, like it's totally fine. Like it's funny. Like it's mm-hmm. cool. And it's like, no, it's not. But it's like, I'm even me, like I'm learning now. Like, no, like, and even when I was a teenager, like I started learning, I'm like, Oh, that comment wasn't cool. Or like that comment was racist or like that comment shouldn't have been said. Again, I'm holding myself accountable for that and being like, nope, I'm not going to let people talk to me like that anymore because it's not okay. We're a product of our environment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like how you were saying and how they were kind of saying on the emo night discussion about, yeah, you can you can uh, hold people accountable without, but also having that empathy of, okay, they didn't know. Like, yeah, I don't blame anybody for being racist because that's just how this society is fabriced any last thoughts I just I really I really love that they were giving that given that platform and like when it first came out I couldn't watch it because I was like still very in my head about everything but I'm glad that I did watch that it was like therapeutic to see like black people that I've been recently looking up to um, just like you know talking about things that we deal with every day and yeah and making solutions so yeah no I agree I I it was just like fun because this is not a thing that has really happened before and so I'm just like I'm glad that stuff like this is finally happening you know even as little as it was like I'm like this is still a step in the right direction like it's weird though because I'm pretty sure that video came out in like what June Mm-hmm. and there was like almost no views on it and I'm like y'all yeah I just, I'm like I just I'm like I want to share this a hundred times so people like see it because this is a very like you know important conversation and I feel like and anybody not even just black people you know but like white people you know anyone of any race and any gender could benefit from Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I, I really appreciated it and I, I loved it. And there, there was parts too where I was like laughing. I'm like, hell yeah. Or, you know, points where I'm just like, wow, like, yeah, yeah. I've been there, done that. Yeah, the whole thing was very just like beautiful kind of mosaic in my opinion, which is like yeah. great. I wish I was on this call with them, but I'm glad that I'm just experiencing it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I was definitely reading the comments and like a lot of people are like, I was always wondering about this. Like, why are there not more black people or like uh, being biracial has been confusing for me. And just like, like a lot of things, like people definitely want to be talking about this, but I just feel like the conversation is not really a established conversation. So yeah, I'm glad that they had that and I'm glad that we're also contributing yeah for sure and yeah like it also made me excited about like the podcast too it was just like Mm -hmm. like this was like a one-time conversation i'm like we're gonna be doing this 
like every week like we're gonna continue and like branch out more into different topics and you know stuff like that and I'm just like you know I was talking to my mom about the podcast today I was like I'm just me and this girl we made this podcast about this and this and I explained it to her and she's like that's really cool she's like I want to hear that I was like I'll send it to you and I was like because honestly like I'm really proud to like be a part of this but also I'm just like really excited to be able to like have this like essentially like platform to talk about all this stuff with because like been black all my life been dealing with this stuff all my life and so finally it's it's nice to let it out into the world and like have it heard I guess but also like it's fun to be able to like relate to someone else about this because I don't really have that (laughs) right yeah and like uh I think it was Aaron or Hanif they were talking about a lot of really awesome stuff but um one of them was talking about how just like supporting and knowing about what we're doing in the scene and I feel like this is like just talking about like contributing to this and I think that that just gave me like a huge sense of like pride and like oh my god that's like us like we have this space that we're contributing this to this conversation and I just feel like what we're doing is like really important so yeah I agree yeah I love it yeah, especially during this time of isolation. I feel like we're all just kind of craving that conversation. Yeah, for sure. Other than when I'm at work, like, nothing. So <laughs> so it is nice to kind of have, like, that secondary conversation happening. All right, nice. Well, I think that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. There is, um, they did another one, and there's, I've seen there's, like, a few other videos kind of similar to this, so, like, maybe for future episodes, we can, um, look more into those kind of things. Oh, yeah, I'd be down for that. Cool. All right, y'all. Well, this is episode two, um, just kind of a reflection on Emo Night's conversation with some, uh, band members and people of color in the scene. Yeah, that'll be it for this episode, and we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah, thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye, have a great week. (laughs) Peace.